0: I'm Laura Harper Lake and I'm Sarah Reitzman and you're You're listening listening to Creative Creative Guts.
1: Hey, friends, thanks for tuning in
0: to Creative Guts. We're so excited to finally have Amy Regan, co-founder of the Rochester Museum of Fine Arts, on the podcast today. Back in 2019, we talked with Matt Wyatt about the Rochester Museum of Fine Arts, and we're excited to finally hear Amy's side of the story. Today happens to be Amy's birthday as well, so please join us in wishing Amy a very happy birthday! This episode also marks the 100th episode of Creative Guts, and we couldn't be more thrilled to be celebrating that milestone with Amy Regan.
1: Amy is a big fan of Creative Guts, and we're a big fan of hers. So let's go right into the guts of this episode of Creative Guts.
0: Hi, Amy. Welcome to Creative Guts. Thank
2: you so much for having me, Laura. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. We're Great so to see excited you guys. to have you. So happy to be here. I love podcasts, so it's like so tickled to get us to be on one.
1: <laughs> well, we love having people on the show who are also like big fans of the podcast. So
2: Certainly. Ever since I found out about it, I thought, oh, this is my jam here. I mean, they're highlighting people that I like celebrating all the time in my work. So <sighs> I thought it was a really awesome idea what you guys are doing because artists are everywhere. As soon as I found out. About it, I was very excited and couldn't wait. Every every time an episode came out, I'm like, "Here it is! Here it is!"
1: Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah,
2: exactly celebrating what we're doing too. So very complimentary.
1: Aww. You must have had some of the same experiences that we did then, where we thought that there was like a finite number of artists in New Hampshire, and there just aren't. We're never going to run out. We're never going to interview everyone. I agree with that, and it took me a little bit to get to that idea, only
2: because. When we started the museum, we I had just gotten out of college, and we figured that anybody that we knew had a show that was ready to go, and that wasn't always the truth. So we kind of went through a tiny bit of a lull until we could find those communities. It's like, yeah. wait, where? Oh, here's everyone. And yep. now I know yep. it's limitless and incredible.
1: Yeah. Will you, for our listeners' benefit, just in case they never listen to our episode with Matt, which they should, episode 17. 17. Yep, sometime in 2019. Wow. <laughs> um. (laughs) (laughs) Will you tell our listeners a little bit about the Rochester Museum of Fine Arts? Of
2: course, my pleasure. Uh, The Rochester Museum of Fine Arts is a all-volunteer grassroots community initiative art museum at the James W. Foley Memorial Community Center in Rochester, New Hampshire. We utilize public spaces to make fine art accessible to everybody, so there isn't a fee to enter. The the doors are open from 9 to 4, Monday through Friday. We also have uh, monthly receptions where we celebrate our artists. We We have a monthly artist in our Bernier room, and then we have a couple of digital shows as well every month. So we're showing at least two artists every single month, and then we also have around 200 pieces hung in the hallways of the community center and in our suite for everybody to
0: view. That's amazing. And we just celebrated with you and Matt at the Rochester Museum of Fine Arts for your 10-year anniversary. Yes, we've been going since
2: 2011, which is so exciting. Ah! It's just an idea we had, sort of a jumping off point of trying to do curating art, but in a different way so it was more sustainable. Because the four founders all had full-time jobs and we wanted to still do something but not have to sort of put everything into that because who knows how it was actually going to work. Yeah. So uh, utilizing public spaces and having those spaces open to the public where we could still have our own jobs and where we could kind of volunteer and any spare time we had is where we started. And we're so lucky that it's been 10 years. It was so much fun to celebrate with you guys and look back and I did some quick like... Back of the envelope uh, accounting of how many people maybe we've worked with, or thinking about it by the numbers a little bit. And you know, for 10 years, we're showing two artists a month at least, and then maybe some group shows, and then maybe some public art, and then maybe some other ideas that we have. <laughs> and it quickly became somewhere around 700 artists that we've worked wow. with That's... or featured over the past 10 years. So Amazing. it was like, wow.
0: <laughs> Yes. That's yeah. a, a, a monstrous amount of people to manage and to coordinate and put it all together. When I was actually speaking with Matt, he kind of was talking to me about how you guys divvy up the tasks and the duties and all the ins and outs. So do you want to talk about your role within the organization? Certainly,
2: certainly. So we were founded with four members. Two of the members have moved away or sort of dropped off. Still friends, of course, which is great. But (laughs) it's mostly Matt and I who run it with our arts advisory team who sends us art nominations all the time, which you guys are on. And we love showing anybody that you've nominated. So amazing. (laughs) So between the two of us, uh, I guess what I usually do is all of the marketing. So uh, Matt lives in Rochester. I live in Manchester, Hampshire. So anything that I can do from home, that's going to add to uh, the experience of the museum and make sure it's organized and everything. I'm a total planner sort of person, so I'll take care of the scheduling. I'll make sure that the artist is ready. They're ready to drop off. They're ready to do the reception, and they're ready to pick up. <laughs> There's a lot of things that go right into that. Um, and then I'm always looking for artists, of course, and we're always emailing back and forth as far as like who we may want to show. We book around six months out just to keep things kind of fresh and not to have like this super long schedule Uh, that's what happened to us over the pandemic because we were booked a couple years out and then when everything stopped it was like we got to think about this in a different way (laughs) it's too long so I'm usually doing all the scheduling all the emailing anything for our email newsletters that we do I do a couple I think it's three of those a month and then also I'll do all of the social posts which was something we sort of came up over the pandemic was everybody's looking at their phones we know the eyeballs are there even if you're not in Rochester you can see a piece that we're showing every day yeah. So that's something that I always keep up and keeping up on the social media. That's and then awesome. Matt's in person, making everything looks gorgeous, yeah. making everything is like nice and straight and beautiful. And he's there to meet people whenever we need to during the week because he has a little bit more of a flexible schedule. And he's just making sure that anything in person is, is going off without a hitch, which is totally one of his strong points. He's the most amazing person to hang art with ever. <laughs> I'm so lucky, for sure. Yeah, just it's fun to get your eyes together. You know, that's the one thing that we do together. There is pick the workout, but then also hang the show. I hang back and maybe have a suggestion or so, but he is so great <laughs> at that. It's amazing.
1: Oh, that's so nice. Huh? It's so nice. I just, And I can't believe it's been 10 years. And so now that it's been 10 years, will you tell us a little bit about what it was like at the very beginning and how it's changed since then? Of course. Yeah, it's definitely changed a lot since the beginning
2: because I always say it's the difference between saying you're going to do something and then actually doing <laughs> it. There's <laughs> usually this huge chasm in between there, you're like, why? (laughs) But uh, totally rewarding for us. Uh, We sort of set out and wanted to be a museum, but not one that spent, you know, a couple years fundraising or trying to find a location, but we still wanted to bring work at that quality. So it was kind of difficult to find the two differences there. Um, And then just being kids, I mean, 20, how old was I? Yeah, 25, 24, 25. I know it doesn't really seem that old. I mean, young, but (laughs) it it was young to me at that point for sure. And uh, just sort of having all of this creative energy and finding somewhere to put it. Uh, Matt had started a gallery uh, in downtown Rochester. And as soon as I found out about it, I called him and I said, how can I help? I love this idea. I didn't know I was a curator. I knew I was an artist that wanted to exhibit, but I didn't know at that point that that was something that I loved. Um, so that's something that I've learned since then. And, and being okay stepping back and saying, I'm not showing my photographs all the time, but that's still okay. I have a finite amount of time. I have to work, I have to do all my old stuff, and then I have to find this one thing that I really love doing, which is making the connections with artists and celebrating the artists and giving them what I never had. Nobody's ever emailed me and said, do you want to have a solo show, which is something that I get to give and do all of the time. So it's kind of figuring figuring that out. Finding a space was really hard. Figuring out like we were in, I think at one point we were in seven different locations all around downtown Rochester. So we're in the cupcake place, and we're in the pantry, and we're in the uh, library. We're in the Matt's gallery, we're in like another gallery with a little wall that they gave us. Artstream has been a huge supporter. <laughs> so like they gave us one wall to curate. So we would and that was like a monthly thing. We would change out those seven shows every single month that's, for a, it's <laughs> That's an enormous amount <laughs> that's to coordinate a like a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's so fun to have the artists come and to celebrate them during the receptions. It was like always a big thing for us, for sure, because it gives you that sort of time stop where it's like, okay, everything has to be done by then. And we're doing the party and then we're going to figure it out and do it again. So finding the space um, was really difficult. And once we sort of thought the idea, it really started in the libraries Um, because they're public spaces and they're very safe. So we saw a connection between keeping fine art uh, safely and open to the public and it not having to be manned. So that, once we started thinking about it in the library way, that really helped us. And we're super lucky at the community center in Rochester because it's an old high school that was a high school and now it's a community center and there was nothing on the walls. Once we sort of pitched the idea and they liked that idea, we've been in the hallways since 2013. And what happened was, is our space that we're in now, it's kind of a go-between between between the the maintenance workers to get into the building. So they essentially open the doors for us and make sure everything is fine Monday through Friday, 9 to 4. So we have a great partnership with Buildings and Grounds who helps us out there Mm -hmm. and lets us be open. So yeah, it's been really, really great to be able to find good spaces to work in. Uh, And that was huge for us since the beginning.
0: That is so much work. That's like (laughs) the capacity that you guys have, especially being a volunteer organization. I mean, just speaking from Sarah and me, like it is so much so real time. Not public time, but like we're playing this for the public. (laughs) Do you get burned out? And do you ever like wanna give up? Do you just totally like ever wanna just say, oh my God, enough? I'm like so tired or I'm at capacity. Does that, does it hit you? It does.
2: It certainly does. Um, I'm lucky because it doesn't, like, it's not overbearing in a mm-hmm. way. Like, I can tell when it's like, I look back and I think, okay, for the past three nights, all I've done is looked at my laptop and, and done, like, preparations for the museum, which I love to do. But at the same point, I do try to take a step back. Yeah. Like, this weekend, I said, okay, only bare minimum stuff because I have a list a mile long on extra credit activities that we yeah. want to <laughs> do too. So it's not only just the regular <laughs> planning, but also, like, Like different ideas that we have or even if it's a small thing like making out, uh, you know, making some questions to ask some artists every month. Like you want to sit down and do that correctly and you want to make sure it's perfect before you get it out there. So. I just try to make sure that I have a little bit of a balance, mm-hmm. but I will say once I I usually kind of start feeling it just before the monthly reception, and then I go to the monthly reception and I'm all jazzed up again. Yeah. the shows look great. <laughs> the artists are happy. They're getting out there. Maybe we're getting a little bit of press or just like hearing yep. from them. Like I get so much energy just from that, and that's honestly what keeps us going. Is just uh, is just seeing everybody's experience and seeing how happy they are about what we do because we try to bring everything up and have it at the highest top capacity. Just because we're volunteer doesn't mean that it has to be like not perfect or hokey or anything. Mm-hmm. Like we try to make sure that it's as perfect as we can get it. And we try to make sure that we're doing as much as we can, which kind of comes back to the idea of the social posts. Um, just getting the artist's name out there consistently every other day mm-hmm. is important to us and making sure that there's really good email planning and marketing planning um, because we feel like that other organizations could work on that. So We want to kind of set an example. I don't know if that's a silly thing to say, but it's like, you know, when you see a show and it's marketed two or three posts, it's like, how is anybody ever going to see that? You know, it's like you really get to hit people over the head. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's something that like we've been working on for sure over the past couple of years is just how to get how to get in front of those eyeballs, you know.
0: What you were saying about when you get revved up from the show, like right before you had just lost steam, like that feels very familiar, Sarah. I don't know if it does for you, like with this podcast. We put a lot of time and energy into it, and um, we do have a board, kind of like you have an advisory committee. But we are sort of the the two main people that are coordinating everything, and mm-hmm. so and we're the editors too. And when we talk to our guests, it's like, oh, it's like a surge of adrenaline. It's just like I gotta go make. I'm so inspired. Da, da, da. You know, this is why we do it. I can't yes. wait to book seven more right now. You know, and. But then if you don't if we don't have interviews for a while, I think that's when I get like, oh, I have so much to do. Why are we doing this? (laughs) It's funny,
2: too, because I always call it intern work, because if we had an intern, I'd ask them to like do so many tasks. So when I know I've like spent a week on intern stuff, it's like, okay, well, temper yourself because it's not the most fun anyways. It has to get done. But at the same point, it's like, oh, man, (laughs) You just wait for those days, like, we work every first Saturday, so we'll have either different appointments where the artists are dropping off or picking up, or sometimes we'll have, you know, come by, and we can, it's nice to meet people that Mm. way, so usually that's like a nice marathon day that Matt and I are working together, and it's like, oh, I wish every day could be like this, where it's just exciting and less, like, behind-the-scenes work, although I do like
1: to hide behind the computer a little bit, too, so that's kind of (laughs) nice. While you were talking, I got an idea for an artist to nominate, so. Ooh, exciting. You'll see that later
2: today. Yes. <laughs> That's great. That's great. I love that. We have a little form on our website um, called Nominate an Artist, so we always want to be as accessible to everyone, and uh, our show that we're currently showing, Cooper Dodds, who's a photographer, he found that form because he found out about us, and he sent his work along, and I loved it. You know, Aww. it's like I added in self-nominations welcome because, yep. it's, you know, people, we don't actively solicit. It all of the time but yeah. if you kind of come by or if you have a good idea like we're always looking for people to send along their nominations because you never know what's gonna happen you know mm-hmm. super happy with that show and that photographer and it, w- it would never would have happened unless we had that which is really kind of cool
1: I love that wow. uh- So the Rochester Museum of Fine Arts, the tagline, art for all, I love this. The space was always meant to be a free public art initiative for a city, Rochester, that was in revitalization, still is very much revitalizing. Do you think the museum is stuck to that sort of initial idea and that tagline? And what does that mean to you? I hope that we've stuck to it because we've certainly (laughs) strived to
2: it means to me that i think a lot of times in museums history it's sort of been like these are our walls and you owe us money to get in and we're going to be very sort of standoffish in a way it's something that we're kind of fighting against and yeah. in different initiatives whether it's a pop-up storefront show and like a storefront that's vacant or even just popping up anywhere and having an art show part of it to me is that any wall could be a museum It's not going to be the net, obviously, if it's a wall in a restaurant, but it can still showcase work and it can showcase incredible work and it can still make a community based on that. Showing art is just a great way to get people together and to share ideas and to to talk to people. I really love that. I should probably stop saying this but it's like I used to be shy is what I should say like before I started this <laughs> and before I had to like say hello I'm Amy from the museum which would have freaked me out 10 years ago and I, I can stand in front of a piece and I may not know you but I could say like what do you think about that blue on there you know and how does that make you feel and do you love it do you hate it do you think you could do that do you think your kid could do that like whatever it is that we're talking about everyone can kind of look or most people can look and then have a reaction to mm-hmm. the work. And I think that that breaks down uh, community barriers and it makes everything more accessible together. So not only should the work be seen by everyone, because people may not have the gas money to get there or the time or wherever to go to the museum. That's why part of the reason why we're in the uh, community center is because it's a great partnership for us, but it's putting the art where people are already at, where they're going in and gathering their car registered or they're stopping by the community pantry or the thrift store. And it kind of it just kind of helps break down those barriers a little bit in that way so I hope we've stayed art for everyone I re- I love that tagline
0: <laughs> oh it's so great it's immediately what I think of you know when I think of you guys yeah. it's a beacon for people mm-hmm. it really thank is you.
1: thank it you it really is and you're right about the community center being a space where like you're quite literally breaking down the like the socio-economic barriers because it really is like you're right across the hall from like a what a head start or something like, exactly yes. people at every income level who are sort of immersed in this like art world every single day
2: yes exactly and hope you know they may look up and, and really enjoy it, and that's that's sort of what we hope for. We try to yeah. keep it fresh and and try to have new and interesting things there all of the time. Whether it's art people coming in or people who just happen to be passing by, we have this great mural by Mike Durke, who is an other uh, guest. I loved his episode on the podcast. <laughs> I have to say, I think Mike is amazing, and uh, we commissioned him to paint a mural on either sides, and it has it's it's almost um, it's like figures almost dancing around. And it's very simple, white background, and then it's very graphic with black line and then a little bit of pink to pop up the color. And kids love it. As soon as they walk Ah. by, they're doing the dance moves, and they're you know. I saw some kids high fiving some (laughs) of the characters as they walked by. It's just the coolest thing, you know. And and it was a blank white wall before, you know, and And, and then it just changes so much with a simple thing.
0: It came alive, you know. We were there recently, and I hadn't we hadn't seen the mural in person, yeah. And it was completely like there's a vibrancy and a you know, it feels like the building is breathing life. It's just so exciting, and then we didn't realize you had a second floor of walls too. We we enjoyed the event and got to speak with the artist who was showing and then we went down the hall and we went upstairs and it was just this like lovely exploration of this building that we had never done that extensive of a walk through. It's a really huge space and it's fun to feel limitless in a way because there's a lot
2: of space there. We actually were super lucky and we were able to double the size of our hanging space when the city approached us and said we love what you've done on the first floor. Would you like to expand to the second floor and double. It's like this never happens, but yeah. yes, we would love to do that, you know?
0: You're if doing we're... something right, you know. <laughs> exactly. So that was fun
2: because we had to sort of figure well, how are we gonna double our size? Yeah, how mm-hmm. are we gonna collect that much work quickly and just to make sure that it wasn't gonna take like two years for us to fill up this space? So yeah. from some creative curatorial, and then we also um, we also got a number of donations too, and all of the work that we have is donated by the artist, Mm -hmm. which is something that we're really, really proud of. You know, if you know a couple of artists, they may have some extra work that they are not working with now. I know some of my work is under my bed or in my guest studio. So we try to sort of almost rescue that work because then that way it can still be seen -hmm. and it doesn't have to hide somewhere And uh, often, a lot of times, artists really appreciate that, too, Mm because they know it's being seen. And I totally get it. You're working on something and you love it, but you move on, you know, but that artwork still exists. So that's what we're always after, sort of.
0: What advice would you give maybe budding artists or artists that haven't exhibited too much they're interested in doing a show either at any space or in your space. You know what, what are the things on your end that you're looking for for people to be as far as where they are in their artistic career and maybe what organizational things they need to show that they've got it in them to produce this? I would say having a really cohesive show, even if that's only five or six
2: pieces or 10 pieces, it doesn't have to be 50 pieces. You don't have to fill up the whole gallery, but just sort of knowing what it is that you want to show and then just having like at least okay images. Matt and I have been talking about how everything looks so much better recently because we have like the newest cell phones that take okay photos. Yeah, <laughs> We look back and it's like all these photos are awful. It's because we're spoiled. Yeah. So if you have a decent cell phone, right, yep. then you can certainly take some images and that's exactly any of the social media you see going out of the shows in the Bernier room uh, Matt takes all those photos mm-hmm. and they're they're perfect you know it's, it's good so if you want to have what I look for is a cohesive idea about what the show is nice images of what you're actually going to show because it's really important for us to know and for us to market the work mm-hmm. yep. I can't sort of say it's going to be great you know unless I have something <laughs> that I can show and then honestly just like a couple one paragraph about you, where you make work, why you love work, uh and what you're working on, and then one paragraph about the show. It doesn't have to be the 17, you know, mm-hmm. it's not a thesis. Yep. And what I'll probably do is look at it and kind of edit it a little bit. No matter what, we're always just kind of making sure it's it's the, in the same vibe as our other shows yes. have been. And all of the information is there. Um, Yeah. So just like kind of a cohesive, it's almost like a little press kit or package, but it also, it doesn't have to be like big and huge. It could be six images and three sentences each and that's it. But just as long as like they have that, then, then you're ready to pitch to a gallery.
0: Are you willing to be the first exhibition of an artist? Oh, certainly. Yeah. Great. Definitely. (laughs) And like that takes
2: a lot of, you know, you have to kind of meet people where they're at, right? Yes. So we use a hanging rail. So I could say hanging rail, hanging rail a hundred times. People still don't know what that means. That means that. Uh, the pieces have to be wired on the back mm-hmm. and they so that they can be hung on the wall. And right. we do that because we can't paint and patch every single month. Yeah. We hang a show and we take down a show on the exact same day. <laughs> There's no time in between because mm-hmm. uh, we have limited time as well. So uh, we actually made a video recently of Matt actually, here is a hanging rail and here is what we use. And oh. just so that it's very, very clear for the mm-hmm. artist to understand well, why do they need it wired? They don't really need it wired. It's like, no, I'm going to be wiring them if <laughs> you drop them off. Without wire. (laughs) So, um, always trying to be very, very clear about that. And I mean, it's so funny because I. I often forget about things that we've learned because it's probably been like five years since I learned it, but it's a really cool thing to know. Like all of our hanging rail, uh, both in the Bernier room and then uh, thankfully out in all of the hallways at the community center, it's a quarter-inch copper pipe mm. that we've installed on the wall, and then they have these things from a company called StAS That it's a li- it's a kit. It's a little expensive. It's like eight bucks a kit, but it has the wire, or it's like a plastic uh, piece, and then it also has something that's called a zipper that actually holds the wire on the back of the painting or the picture or anything yeah, yeah. so you can easily install it and move it around and, and put it down I, it would be Swiss cheese walls if we had to actually like put <laughs> a nail <laughs> in it would be terrible <laughs> so even knowing that it can it expanded the, the way that we how, how much we could exhibit in the hallways and then how quick it is to actually mm-hmm. hang the shows yeah. I mean we do installations every once in a while because why not like keep it fresh but mostly we're showing 2D work that is is, is pretty traditional Mm -hmm. on the wall. So uh, once we figured out, oh, this is how you could hang, because we were working with cement walls at the community center and also uh, ceilings that had drop ceilings. Yep. So how you know once once we were able to kind of figure out that part it really helped us. Yes yeah, so it's just kind of an, an interesting thing that I take for granted but something yeah. that I've learned and I always share I'm always sending the link it's like here are the kits here's the staff yeah. kits it's just a quarter inch <laughs> pipe. One of my favorite things, stories is Matt and I go to Home Depot to buy this pipe once we get the clip and we're like okay the clip will fit on a quarter inch copper pipe it's not too expensive we can get it so we asked like how to cut pipe because we did both didn't know how to cut pipe at all. And the, the nice salesperson there was like, oh, you use this super easy. It just kind of goes around and pops it off. And with thank you so much. And the salesperson is leaving and they were like, are you going to sweat those pipes before you fill them with water? And it was like, we're not plumbers. <laughs> <This> is- <laughs> this is not the plumbing department it's like no it's for an art project which is a pretty good cover for almost yep. everything you yep. want to do yep. <laughs> yes Gosh, that's so true. I just love that and the guy's like oh geez
1: I don't know what they're doing but
2: we cut the pipe we were fine we were able to install it that day but I just thought that was so funny
1: <laughs> I really liked so I was I was eyeballing the copper pipe when we were in there last week and one of the things that I really liked was that you left it copper like you could have painted it white and had it like blend oh, into yeah. the wall. I like that it's mm-hmm. still copper. Was there like a discussion there, or was it no? Like just we're gonna keep it popper, copper, copper because it's cool. No,
2: definitely we love the copper. We yeah. thought it was like we thought it was really beautiful and it kind of stood out a little bit, yeah. kind of different. And we thought it might not look the best painted, so that's why we yeah. kind of stuck it. We think about it every once in a while, like maybe we'll paint it white or to match the wall. But yeah. now we like the copper. It's kind of fancy. Nice.
1: <laughs> it's really nice. So something that takes all of that copper pipe and wiring etc. off the table is the digital shows. Yes, Is that a product of the pandemic or were you doing digital shows before? It is. It's a total
2: product of the pandemic. Yeah. Um, we were not doing digital shows to any capacity at all um, so it was something that it, it, really, it really helped us think about art and showing art in a little bit of a different way so yeah. when we were closed during the pandemic from March to oh my goodness I think it was almost a year it was till December was the next time we had a show so I knew that both Matt and I would sort of need stuff to work on even if we were closed (laughs) and you know when you have an idea that breaks down so many barriers when there's another barrier it's almost a little exciting it's like okay well we can't get together with the artist we can't celebrate the artist with other people but how are we going to continue showing art and that kind of came back to the idea that everybody's always looking at their phones always looking at social media Mm, so um, so what we decided to do is we purchased uh, a large television and that's where the digital shows get shown so essentially it's a slideshow of their work and then information about each artist but it's great because it breaks down another barrier too. where if you are a new artist or you're interested in exhibiting it's really expensive to exhibit yep mm-hmm. you have to frame everything you have to make sure it's wired like all of those kinds potentially of things. ship it yes Def- definitely yeah. shipping and then shipping is a hassle sometimes too yeah. and it's especially um, yeah so what we were thinking was if you could send as 15 digital images, high-res images, then you could have a full-on exhibition. So it's kind of, it's it kind of brings it to everybody, no matter where you mm-hmm. are in your art career, because we sort of see ourselves between the independent galleries and the really, really big museums. We want to be that stepping stone on somebody's resume mm-hmm. that has other galleries sort of take notice with them and say, Oh, well, they showed with the Rochester yeah. Museum of Fine Arts. You know, they must be kind of in the middle in kind of mid-career. Um, so yeah, thinking about the digital shows that kind of ticked a lot of boxes for us because we could still have exhibitions going on even if it wasn't in person and we're still making connections and working with artists during all of that pandemic time and we loved it so much because it doesn't matter where that person is they don't have to bring the work in so anyone in the world can send us some files and we can get them a show and that's really exciting actually for many different reasons but and it's also great to do more programming because Mm -hmm. it's fun to have one artist but it's even more fun to have two and maybe we'll be expanding the digital shows a little bit in the future and like that'll be fun to have more than one digital show so we're lucky uh, we had a large donation of some apple computers a number of years back so we have four apple computers on one of our spaces in our suite so when the digital show is done we move them over to the other computers and they kind of slide through so when an artist gets shown for essentially six months or so just from one show one digital yeah, show yeah. then we keep an archive of those two so now we have a digital collection of that work so you're you know from sending one file through email you can have an exhibition be exhibited for six months and then also be in a museum's collection
0: which is great because it's like it's just more accessible to so many more people yeah we were admiring some Jake Romano artwork on one of the computers when we were there and he's one of my all-time favorite artists yes so exciting to have him he was so awesome to work with you yeah. know
2: go back and forth and I'll make sure that they like what I wrote about their work and I'll make sure that everything is looking really really good and he was just someone that like could not believe that I was contacting him and i love you know obviously like incredible art so amazing such Such a nice person yes thank you for the nomination oh yeah (laughs)
0: absolutely we had him on the show and you know um he's contributing to our one of our zines oh that's exciting yeah Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's just fantastic I really I look up to him as an artist so. Incredible color palette. Nice. Yeah, it's yeah. just like mind blowing. Yeah. Amazing. Yes. So a lot of folks are just getting an email from you randomly saying, "Hey, so and so nominated you for an exhibition." Are there some people that are like, "Is this spam?" Or are, <laughs> or is everyone just like, "Gosh, yes." Or, or, or you know, is there some hesitancy because it's just so random? It's, they didn't go for it. It really is. Uh, sometimes,
2: uh, most of the time, honestly people who will get back to me in like less than 24 hours and say, yes, tell me more. Yep, yep. You know, I don't say like, here's the deal. I say like, are you interested? Yes. So I kind of keep it soft, even though like I'm probably shaking in my boots because I can't wait for them to email me back. As soon as I, so silly, I say I have a hot inbox whenever I have like art emailed out there that I'm like waiting
0: to come in. It's
2: like so silly, but it's, a, you know, you're putting yourself out there in a small way. And even though it's a, it's an exciting thing and I hope that people think it's a compliment, it's still like I'm still putting myself out there so it's it's like not it's not a nervous thing it's an excited thing mm-hmm. I yeah. suppose <laughs> yeah so I will try to get the best contact for that person if I think it's over Instagram if I think it's over email if I know somebody who might know them and who could tell me like are they a phone person or they mm-hmm. you know just so I can kind of get <laughs> a little bit of a gauge on that but I'll just sort of simply ask you know if you're interested I'll send you more information and uh, we came up with the idea over the pandemic too of having a form that artists could fill out that has all the information that we may need. Yeah. Simple stuff that I always forget about. You know, I print co- postcards for each show, so I'll send the artist postcards, so that means I need their address. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. And then just like a simple little thing, a uh, couple questions to ask them, a spot for them to put in what they're going to show, a spot for them to tell us about what they would be interested in showing. So I ask them to fill out that form. Once I get that form in, I'll take a look at it. I'll look at their images and then I'll start looking at scheduling and see where that kind of goes through but a lot of times people like they're not no one is really expecting that email Mm -hmm. so i hope that it's exciting for them i have a little list of people that i probably think that they think that i'm spam (laughs) (laughs) one of my favorite stories is we showed michael andrew phillips who's an artist out of concord uh i saw him at the kelly stelling gallery when they were Mm -hmm. open on hanover street incredible artist incredible um abstract art lots of like canvas that you can kind of see does lots of like sewing so he'll paint on things and live with them and cut them up and then Ooh. sew them together and Ugh. then like fray oh it's incredible totally self taught and i i just love that it was so it was so long ago that it was like one of the first times i had contacted someone on instagram you know you do it all the time now but this was a number of years ago and he didn't get back to me and i was kind of like well this show's coming up because we had just recently got a donation of four uh, screen prints by Andy Warhol mm-hmm. from Sunday B Morning and I, we were trying to think who would be the best person to show with that and i said oh michael Andrew Phillips. He's young. He's from Concord. Like hopefully he'll want to do it. So he didn't really get back to me. So I reached out to the curator, Bill Stelling from Kelly Stelling Contemporary. And I said, do you have his email address? I think he thinks that I'm spam, but I really want to show him with Warhol, you know? And then of course he got back to me and then we were able to set everything up. But yeah, every usually people are very appreciative and they get back to me pretty quickly and you know what if they don't either there are so many artists it's like okay I tried you know I get super into whoever it is that I'm showing and I want to do a super super good job but then you know if the interest isn't there then that's fine too like I totally get it not people are ready to do an exhibition like that or even just to kind of open up a dialogue about well maybe you want to show in a couple years like that'll be good too um, but we're always trying to remind ourselves like there's so many artists and there's So many people that are so excited in this that it's like we have to kind of move on if we kind of get that vibe, which is totally fine too.
0: Sarah and I are both googling him right now.
1: I don't think he has anything. I found I found a Facebook post from Kelly Stelling. Ah, yes, but that's it. There are yes, there's some art. Yeah, I was I googled his name and artist and found one Facebook post from Kelly Stelling.
0: Oh, that was such a great show. I just remember going there.
2: I was blown away. I I had to, you know, contact them and say, is it okay if I contact artists you guys are exhibiting? Because I just can't believe how great they are. And we got a number of ideas uh, from Kelly Stelling. Mike Howitt, who's out of Concord, is really amazing. I love his work so much. We're so lucky to have uh, an exhibition of his work uh, a number of years ago. And, And, like, I love that because whenever I go to a show, I'm excited I'm there for myself. But I'm also scared and I'm also seeing how they yep. did it I'm also seeing yep. like who's around mm-hmm. and who's exhibiting so yep. that's super fun to meet people that way
1: I feel like this could be a mean question but can you tell us about some of your favorite artists that you've shown at the <laughs> RMFA <laughs> well it's only been like a thousand so <laughs> <laughs> So, if you're not on the list, it's okay.
2: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I have to say, uh, the artist that we're exhibiting right now, Jim Banks, he's an incredible painter. Mm. Um, We're super lucky to have him up here in Rochester. He is originally from California and he lives uh, around Boston now. And uh, technically, they're really, really beautiful paintings. And Jim himself is an incredibly nice and sweet person. So, I think of him now we try to whenever we kind of can find a little bit of an in is to get our hands on some well-known artwork so I think of that like uh the we did have four prints donated by Sunday B morning of the Marilyn Monroe Warhol prints that we Uh. framed so that kind of goes right along with that I want to pair that with a local artist Mm -hmm. which is a really exciting show so we have a friend Kevin uh, Kintner who's out of Manchester he's an artist himself we've done a show a couple of shows with him he has a print of Robert Indiana's love so we were able to pair that just for one night we have it for a couple hours come by and see it uh with an artist in the gallery as well so um we also we also got to work with the Picasso estate collection and (gasps) we we yeah, so if we <laughs> tried to, if we can kind of get an in and try to figure out how to bring some some yeah. famous work to Rochester. Uh, that was a number of years ago. We worked with them and they mailed us a number of uh, lithographs, which we had an exhibition of. And then around the same time, we, we showed Wayne White, who is he's a puppeteer and an artist. He did all the set designs for Kiwi's Playhouse. (laughs) And he also did the Smashing Pumpkins. Um, He did one of their (laughs) music videos. He's a super, super nice guy. And I I use him as an example as like a reach for us because he's someone that is just like pretty famous. But after a couple of years of pestering and sure we'll pay all for the shipping and everything, they did send us a show and donated some work, which was really incredible. And he has an incredible film about him called Beauty is Embarrassing which just makes you laugh at the beginning. And I happened to see it on PBS. And at the end, the interviewer asked him, what do you want to keep doing? And this is probably 15 years ago by now. Uh, he said, I want to keep exhibiting my work and working with museums. And I was like, well, Wayne, like
0: we just were founded a couple of years ago. Um,
2: you know what I mean? So it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of uh, figuring out what in you may have. Yeah. Um, so that's sort of, the famous people that that come to mind. Uh, Susan Kerr, who did all of the icon designs for Apple Computers. So mm. oh. any of those really
1: iconic things. Oh, Matt <laughs> must have been swooning. Matt definitely must have told us about that because yeah. he loves Apple. He <laughs> is a, such a for show. For sure. <laughs> and he was definitely the,
2: He's like, I'll contact them. I'm like, okay, <laughs> you can have that fun. I love that. And we were so lucky because she ended up donating five prints to us as well. You know, Aww. she said, well, sometimes they get damaged in the mail And she just keep them, and it's like, well, it's a huge honor. (laughs) Not just keep them, yeah really interesting I you know this is this is gonna sound like so silly or trite in a way but whoever I'm exhibiting right now is always my favorite yep. artist
0: <laughs> I get that so that's why I said Jim Banks of course yep
2: um but <laughs> yeah
0: people ask that of like what are your favorite interviews And they're like go listen to the last one yeah it's yes. really awesome yep <laughs> definitely definitely
1: <laughs> when did you fall in love with art we know you studied photography are you, do you consider yourself a practicing artist right now or are you too busy sort of advocating for the arts and other artists.
2: I identify as a curator right now, just because of the limited
1: time. I did
2: study photography and super love it, really enjoyed working with that in many different aspects of it, but just sort of naturally and where the chips fall, I'm I'm a curator. I try to do like a photo a day thing, but I've been bad at it for the past couple, of, you know, if you're contacting people on Instagram, you might as well like not look like a robot. So I was trying to post <laughs> yeah. to force myself to get out and take a walk and enjoy our mm-hmm. neighborhood, you know. But yeah, I'm not behind the camera as much as, uh, it's hard. Photography is like really hard, very, very technical. And then everybody thinks you can just do everything in Photoshop, which is like not true for me. I don't know how many, I mean, my last (laughs) (laughs) job was as a photographer for a company. So I don't know how much I'm giving away here, but it's (laughs) good. And even to do a really simple, simple image, you really have to know what you're doing. So I, my heart goes out to anybody who is really, really great at doing that.
0: Like Scott Kugler. Yes, exactly. (laughs) And (laughs) he is
2: in a whole nother land He's amazing. You know, like the idea of alternative photography and uh, when we were hanging his show, he was like, well, this big piece, a big, huge piece is two pieces actually of canvas that he had light sensitized. And then he's really into doing different toning. So there will be a blue tone, selenium tone or a platinum tone. This one he wanted to be super, super red. And he got that by doing... Uh, by rinsing it in high C he's like this might smell like high C because that's what I toned it in and oh I'm like
1: God. oh my
0: goodness I <laughs> my think that that's amazing you know he's he's a art genius
1: he we was him yes. he was one of the few people that we interviewed that I thought while we were interviewing him and after we interviewed him I really don't understand what he does or what he's talking about <laughs> that's a lot of photography sometimes which
0: is really funny <laughs> well, to
1: me most people I've mostly followed along like okay I I get the basics of printmaking. I get the basics of painting. Right. Him and his alternative processing <laughs> photography. I'm like, I really don't know what that means, <laughs> and I still don't. Yes, <laughs> I know exactly
2: what you mean. Actually, in preparing for uh, that show, I had a writer reach out who wanted to talk about his work, and so I re-listened to the podcast. I said, I, can, I think I can brush up a little bit before I have Ooh. to speak. So I re-listened to it and got some gems to share with We're the writer. A source. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> I tried to give you credit on that. She's like, how did you find out about Scott's work? So I instantly went back and I'm like,
0: episode 28. <laughs> Everybody should listen to it. It's a great interview. Well, thank you. Of course. Oh, I love
1: that. I know my cheeks hurt too. I'm smiling so much. This is the way it always goes. <laughs> I did this when we were at Revolution too, and Matt made fun of me. <laughs> for oh, those who so can't funny. see she's uh rubbing her
0: hands against her cheeks in little circles but it just makes <laughs> her look like a cute little woodland animal yes, definitely <laughs> super Ooh, cute it's, it's a chip massage <laughs> all right it's time for rapid fire Ooh, okay. you know what this means so we don't yes. even need to tell you right amy's yeah, oh yes. prepared she knows all right other than your own what is your favorite museum I have gone to Mass Mocha, and that is a really, really
2: great museum that I totally enjoy. Yes, definitely. That's a great museum. Mm. Very
1: inspirational for us, too. How can we get some James Terrell? Yeah.
0: (laughs) Seriously.
1: What is a museum that you haven't been to yet, but you want to get to next?
2: I want to go to the Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum. I haven't been there, and I know it's a tragedy. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree, and I've never been there
0: before. I've never been either, but
2: I just saw the documentary on it. Oh, you did? I gotta watch that too. Yeah, I would definitely love to get down there and do a couple different hops around Boston and and check out that space. Uh, I've heard it highly, highly recommended. What's your favorite color? I think my favorite color is blue. I'm gonna go with blue on that one. What's your favorite scent? My favorite scent, I think, is like baking bread. What's your favorite sound? I have a super huge uh, vinyl record collection, and so I really love, like, listening to music on vinyl or just, like, even just before the song even starts, like, just before it starts to go and you know you have 15 minutes to do whatever the heck you want to do, (laughs) just sitting there and and enjoying it. So I guess the the little pop or the non-pop when it's a new album. What's your favorite texture to touch? I guess it would be it would be like fabric or really interesting fabric like a soft silk or something like that Mm. when you're sort of getting ready to make something and you're gonna you know you're gonna be working with it and you want to pick out something that you really enjoy working with as far as sewing goes, which I used to do uh, quite a bit more of in the past so like a really interesting fabric that that has kind of a a different texture that you're not expecting. Cool. That's
0: great. That's awesome. That's a great one. What's the most uh, inspiring location you've traveled to?
2: I have been super lucky and I get to travel to a, a number of places uh, in college and both after college when airplane tickets were really cheap after 2008. <laughs> so I guess I'm gonna have to say it was when I got to travel to Italy and go to Florence. I get to spend a month there and um, and just just really just the idea of how europe operates is way different than america and being able to be there for such a long time and in knowing that that was probably a once in a lifetime experience or so that was really interesting to me i've also uh been super lucky. I got to go to Paris. And for some reason Paris just felt so old but so relevant at the same time that I thought it was like so inspiring. It's like, look at these incredibly old buildings, but they're also at the cutting edge of art and fashion technology. So yeah. I guess I guess Italy and in Paris.
1: What's the last new thing you've learned? I figured
2: out how to, if you have a list in Word the word processing thing you can sort it alphabetically <laughs>
0: <laughs> i didn't know you could do that
2: is it up in the tools yeah Somewhere. <laughs> it's like some fancy button one of my coworkers workers <gasps> showed because she sends me this whole list every month and i'm like oh i gotta put that in alphabetical order and i'm like oh man and she's like you know how to do that right i'm like no <laughs> I did not know you could do that in Word. Yes, very helpful if you're sending like, you know, I work with a lot of different product names and we go by the brand name. So we'll start with that. So I think
0: that that was like kind of one of the the newer things that I Ah. learned. And our clincher question for the evening. If you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self?
2: I would say uh, it's difficult, but try to be as confident as you can. Uh, It's something that you can't Maybe some people are born just being confident, but just the idea that it's like, okay, that you take up space, and it's okay that you have ideas that you want to do, and just to stick with them. Um, My parents have always instilled in me that persistence is key. And I really have taken that to heart and to say that even though it may be difficult right now, it's not always going to be difficult. And and just take it one day at a time, because I'll look at something and say, oh, it's going to be perfect right from the start. And (laughs) it's like, no, it could be perfect just for today. And you can kind of learn. So just persistence and then also just trying to be as confident as you can, as difficult as that is. You know, it's something that I'm learning all of the time, that it, that it's okay to continue learning, but you also need to stick up for yourself.
0: Does part of your confidence come from your awesome blazers that you're rocking? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> because you can, <laughs> you really like look snappy in your oh, blazers. That's that something I've noticed. Compliment. You've always to me at least, seemed very confident and poised and uh, wardrobe and personality. Oh, that's a really, really big compliment for (laughs) sure. It's been so awesome talking to you and diving in deeper, even more to all that you do. Thank you so much for asking me
2: such a compliment. Seriously, I couldn't blow. Me? Really? Oh, man. So thank you so much to
0: the both of you for having me on. It it means the world, really. Thank you again, Amy, for being on the show.
1: And with that, show show us your creative guts. guts. Another huge thank you Amy for joining us on Creative Guts. We're so glad to have finally had Amy on the podcast after a couple of years of talking about it. Amy isn't just a wonderful creative and a fan of the podcast but she's also someone who we are super happy to call a friend. It was so fun to hear about the ups and downs of the museum over the past 10 years. It's always nice to interview someone you already know and already
0: enjoy as a person, but don't know super well. Then you get to peek inside their heart, soul, and guts and find out you enjoy them even more. Amy and Matt have really built up a pillar to their community that extends beyond the boundaries of the city of Rochester, and I admire you both so much for that. And as an artist, it was also extremely fun to learn about what goes on behind the scenes of a museum from Amy. Thank you again so much, Amy, for being on the show. Learn more about the Rochester Museum of Fine Arts at rochestermfa.org. Or visit in person, Suite 135, in the James W. Foley Memorial Community Center in Rochester, New Hampshire. You can also follow the RFMA on Facebook and on Instagram, where their handle
1: is Rochester underscore MFA. As always, you can find those links and more in the episode description and on our website, creativegutspodcast.com. And on Facebook and Instagram, where our handle is at creativegutspodcast. Thank you for
0: tuning in. We'll be back next Wednesday with another episode of Creative Guts. 17, we talked with Matt Wyatt. For a... <laughs> I messed up right away. <laughs> Sarah, I was the only one to mess up. Yay. Can't you do a mess up, please? No. I just not what I do. No. <laughs> oh no no no. Don't play it like that. You do mess up sometimes. I'm perfect. Ah. Oh, I forgot.
1: Perfect. It's just reading, Laura. It's not hard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) For real. Yes, it is. Okay, it is. I feel like it's not Mm. necessary. It's half the time it's comprehension, and half the time it's just my mouth (laughs) going. (laughs) (laughs) My brain is understanding it, but my mouth is just like, let's act like silly putty right now and just not do
1: anything. (laughs) This is so exciting. I just made a 2022 folder in here Ooh, oh my gosh like, i've been doing oh, that all be, week at work uh, it's like
0: 2022 oh my gosh! and you're gonna be the opener for the year that's, that's a awesome. big honor yeah honestly 2022 uh, definitely <laughs> yeah. we don't have a ton I know. Of time
1: i know i know i, I know yeah. i know
0: yeah right i know okay i know <laughs> we've been recording <laughs> for 45 minutes
2: ah it's like one minute
0: I know. Maybe um, I just like talking about myself.
2: Well, it's been a while I can only since... think of museums that I haven't been to, which clearly they can't be my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, but when I traveled, I didn't go to museums because yeah. I was out photographing. So it was yeah. like, oh, there's the Uffizi. Cool. It's like we didn't even go in. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Check out that space. Uh, I've heard it highly, highly recommended. Let's go.
0: Road trip. We'll go on a field trip. That would be so fun. (laughs) We could. We could do a RFMA creative guts road trip and we like do a scavenger hunt. How many museums can we find? How many public art can we find? You know, interview an artist down there.
1: How many pictures with murals can we take? Oh my gosh. That's such a great idea. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. It's something we've been talking about for two years and the pandemic has totally squashed it. It's been planned. Yeah.
1: It's happening. (laughs) What's your favorite texture to touch? Oh, so sorry. <laughs> Can you say it again? What's your favorite? I don't know. <laughs> For a minute, you
0: you just mouth your you just made mouth motions, and I was like, it's been so quiet. Did my audio go out in my headphones, and I thought you were talking, and I couldn't hear it. And I was like, oh no, a technical issue. Aww. My cheeks hurt. <laughs> Uh, so we end every episode the
1: same way, right? I'm excited. Right? This is it. <laughs> oh, I bet you are. <laughs> <laughs> you probably do it at home while you're listening along. <laughs>
0: so show, show us your, your creative, creative
2: guts. <laughs> oh, and then the music plays. Oh, oh man, my goodness. I so good. Okay, so I feel yeah. <laughs> <You're> great. <laughs> I know. Oh, oh man.